What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number three of the Two Metal for This podcast. I'm Jason, and with me, as always, is Justin. How's it going, everybody? And Bobby. Bobby motherfucking McDermott. First of all, I want to thank everyone that tuned in last week. We really appreciate the support. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Two Metal for This, and leave us some comments. Let us know how we're doing. And drop your own six list in the comments, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. So, speaking of, we want to give a shout-out to Beaumont Sabos and Danny Leader. They both left their six list in the comments for last week. We appreciate you guys listening, and we enjoyed hearing your perspective on our top six list. On this episode, we're going to discuss our top picks for the top six cover songs. Bobby's going to do some reviews, and we're all going to discuss the new Lorna Shore album that dropped this week. But before we get into that, here's Justin with the news. The news. There's a new festival announced uh, this week coming to Central Florida, to the Central Florida Fairgrounds, February 18th and 19th. It's the Heart Support Fest. Uh, Rise Against and Parkway Drive will headline. It's also going to feature The Ghost Inside, Spirit Box, August Burns Red, and Memphis May Fire. There's still more bands to be announced. This will be Parkway Drive's return to the United States. Hopefully a full tour to support the new album will be announced soon. Uh, Personally, this is one of my favorite bands, so I'm excited to see them back uh, here in the United States and in Central Florida. I'll believe it when I see it, though. The last two times... Parkway Drive is supposed to come to Florida. They canceled for one reason or another. So also for anybody that's not aware, uh, the Heart Support Fest was actually founded by August Burns Red singer uh, Jake Kurz. And the, a lot of the proceeds from that event are going to go to support his nonprofit, which is called Heart Support. Um, and it's actually um, an organization that uh, supports mental health issues and promotes self-care and self-love. So it's a pretty cool cause also. And, you know, you forgot to mention he is legend in 68, which are going to be there also, you know, making that lineup even better. It's definitely a lot of good bands and I will be getting tickets to go to this show. Hopefully Parkway will be there. I'll be in the middle of the pit for them. In other news, Blink-182 have reunited with their original lineup. They dropped a new single titled Edging with an album on the way. They also announced a 2023 North American tour with Turnstile opening. I think it's a huge opportunity for Turnstile to get in front of a bigger crowd. Absolutely. Like, I'm super happy for Turnstile. Those guys work super hard. They're really talented. Their last album was amazing. Um, So, you know what? They deserve whatever they get. And hopefully that turns on some new people to their stuff. The When We Were Young Fest was announced earlier this year, and I hadn't heard much about it since then, but it seems like it's still happening. Scheduled for October 12th, 2023 at the Las Vegas Festival Grounds, it features over 50 bands, including Green Day, The Reunited Blink-182, Offspring, Rise Against, Sum 41, and just about every other band from the genre be interesting to see how they fit 50 bands into one day. It honestly sounds like a clusterfuck to me. How is it even possible logistically? I'll be interested to find out. Yeah, I'll be happy finding out secondhand. I don't need to be there experiencing that shit show. No, it does not seem like you'll be able to see even half the bands you want to see. But hey, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt and see how they set it up. Five Finger Death Punch have broken the record for the most number one albums on the Billboard Hard Rock chart with their latest album, Afterlife. This band set another record with their latest single, Times Like These, becoming their ninth consecutive number one going back to 2018's Shame Pain. Say what you will about the band, but they do bring a lot of new listeners to the dance. I do think it's ironic that this record is going on during what I would consider the worst era of this band. First two albums were definitely better. Also in Five Finger Death Punch news, last night in Denver, Colorado, Ivan Moody brought his kids on stage and announced that he will record one more album with the band, and then he's retiring to spend time with his family. Hooray, retiring. You can find the video if you search 
on YouTube, Ivan Moody Retirement. Nothing More dropped their new album, Spirits. They were set to go into the studio to record this album in early 2020, but due to COVID, they had to record the entire album remotely, separate from each other. They'd send the files back and forth and work through ideas that way. This album is described as heavier and more aggressive than previous releases. The band also released their own Spirits Test to accompany the album, which combines what frontman Johnny Hawkins has learned from similar personality tests, including Myers-Briggs, the Big Five, Carl Jung, and the Zodiac Test. You can take the Spirit Test at spiritstest.com if you're into that kind of thing. There will also be a graphic novel themed around the album titled Spirits Volume 1, scheduled for release early in 2023. I enjoy when bands do concept albums and things like this with add-ons. It adds to the music and just makes it a little bit more interesting. Shows that the band's trying a little harder to do something different. Those tests are actually pretty fun, too. I don't know if you guys have ever taken them. I've had to take similar tests like that for different jobs that I've had. And it's actually kind of cool. Like It ends up being more spot on than you might think. And you kind of learn a little bit about yourself doing that shit. So I think it'd be fun. You know, If you haven't done one, check it out. Again, that's spiritstest.com. And uh, Jason is right. I went and did this today and it was pretty accurate. So a couple other news stories that, uh, that I had for the week as well. Um, this is kind of feeding off of, you know, Justin, you brought up a few weeks ago about the uh, AI Soundgarden video. I don't know if you guys saw this, but there is a Cannibal Corpse AI video for Hammer Smashed Face. And it's Simpsons themed and they call it Homer Smashed Face. And if you haven't seen this, you need to check it out. It is fucking nightmare fuel. Like this shit is, you're not going to look at the Simpsons the same way after you see this video. Like definitely check it out if you haven't. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on with these uh, AI videos and AI imagery that's being, being created. Oh, for sure. Like this is kind of a, it's kind of a cool concept. Uh, I'm definitely interested to see more of them, especially after this one. Um, so something else that uh, I wanted to bring up for fans of Fear Factory, expect further delays with the new music. Dino announced this week that the band is currently shopping for a new label and there's not really a time frame on when we're going to get new music. You know, they previously said that we might hear an announcement in February. I think that that's kind of up in the air now with this recent news. So. We'll see how what develops with that. Um, one other thing that I wanted to bring up, uh, and I don't know if you guys saw it, Iron Maiden was on stage this week, and Bruce Dickinson physically removed a fan from the stage. Um, there's video footage of it online, and if you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. This guy is ridiculous. The fan gets on stage. He's like dancing in front of Bruce Dickinson's face and just acting ridiculous. And Bruce Dickinson literally pushes him off the stage, not to the ground, but to the side of the stage where his crew members were. It was all done safely, but shit was hilarious. And you definitely need to check it out for sure. (laughs) Get him, Bruce. (laughs) All right. So I think that's it for news. Uh, We're going to go over now to Bobby with uh, this week's reviews. All right, I'm Bobby motherfucking McDermott with some new music out here I'm going to share with you. I'm going to rate this stuff on a uh, one to six upside down pentagrams. The intention is not to crush anybody's feelings, but I ain't here to suck anybody's dick. If I don't like it, I'll tell you. If I do like it, I'll fucking tell you. So first up, came across a split, which I always likes. That's a good way to find new bands. Uh, first half is Planet of the Eights, and uh, the other half is Dune Eater. Never heard of Dune Eater. Just glad I found them. Turn to Stone Part 5 is the album. It's nine songs, 38 minutes. First four songs are the Planet of the Eights. The last song is called Dusk Part 1, which goes into Dusk Part 2, which is performed by the other band. And I thought that was a cool idea for doing a split. And I figured other bands should do that, like pass off the riff. That was a pretty neat idea. Uh, first band kind of sounds like Lowrider, IR Droid. Second band's kind of Dozer, Orange Goblin. Uh, Orange Goblin, sorry. 
straight up uh, stoner rock. If you like Queens of the Stone Age, you should definitely check these guys out. I give it a five. Uh, I really enjoyed this album. But yeah, if you guys like stoner rock, check that shit out. That is Planet of the Eights with Dune Eater Split. Turn to Stone Part 5 is the album. All right, up next we got Goat Whore, Angels Hung from the Arches of Heaven. If you don't know what you're getting into with a title like that, uh, I suggest you listen to it with your mom, like, really loud. 12 songs, 47 minutes. Uh, they're labeled as Louisiana black metal. Um, more lyrically content and the, the singing style. They don't have, like, the orchestral Phantom of the Opera sense or nothing. Um, it's pretty much death metal. Starts out with a cool... Uh, evil intro song that's you know might be fun to play during halloween uh title track is a bit weak but they come in strong with death from above and uh, the devil's warlords which goes back to that old solent green kind of thrashy vibe uh ends really strong that being said the vocals are a bit much i mean you got your guttural cookie monster and then the weird high-pitched mutated vermin screech and if you can't party with that, uh, you're not going to like any of it. But if you can get through that, this is a really fun album. Some good old death metal. I give it a four. That is Goat Whore Angels Hung from the Arches of Heaven. All right, something a little less blasphemous. This is a band I just found. The uh, Stone Nomads, Fields of Doom. Six songs, 31 minutes. This is a uh, unorthodox stoner rock. It's got death. It's got psychedelic elements. It's got thrash. Um, they definitely broke the standard stoner rock formula that's going on nowadays with the We Love Caius and Black Sabbath. They got some interesting sounds they're doing. Vocals change from song to song. Like the first song, dude sounds like it's from Fear. Second song sounds like The Sword. Sometimes he sounds like COC. Um, definitely, I think you should check this out if you like The Sword, Down, and Black Sabbath. Uh, I gave it a four out of six. Uh, pretty excited about these guys. Next album when that comes out. That is Stone Nomads, Fields of Doom. Yeah, one more. All right, I got one more here. I found this, never heard of them. It's a super group, Bloodbath. Uh, it's got members of Opeth, Edge of Sanity, and Catatonia. Really happy I found these guys. It's the sludgy, slower death metal, like Entombed or Obituary, but their riffs are a bit more sophisticated, like carcass style now this is probably like a side gig but you can tell these guys really mean their business but they're having a lot of fun on this and uh i love the, the whole thing to be honest with you survival of the sickest 11 songs 45 minutes easy to get through just some fun sludgy death metal i gave it a five for sure bloodbath with a name like that you have to check it out totally it's a great name i'm surprised it wasn't taken already yeah i'm kind of surprised by that too you said five upside down pentagrams oh, yes. for bloodbath. Totally. All right. So Lorna Shore released Pain Remains this week. If you're unfamiliar with the band, they formed back in 2010. But the big change in momentum for this band happened when vocalist Will Ramos officially joined. Uh, they would release an EP titled And I Return to Nothingness. It jumped to number one on the iTunes metal chart and propelled the band into one of the most hype metal bands around right now Lorna Shore's Pain Remains Bobby what do you think about this album I'll tell you this if you don't know what you're getting into uh, this is serious business this is not for the people with soft ass bitch ears this shit's fucking intense yeah this album comes out of the gate and smashes you right in the face over and over and over again sounds like if you open the mouth of hell and just looked inside and listened the song Into the Earth that's what it reminds me of just a demon coming out of hell. It's absolutely brutal force and a standout track on the album. I think there's layers upon layers. It takes several listens to really appreciate what's going on here. Like what they did with the, like the first f seven songs could be its own album. And then they end it with the three part title track, which could be its own little EP. So uh, I didn't like the last three songs as much because they had a lot of the uh, Phantom and Opera Orchestra stuff going on there, and I, I, I wouldn't really kick that on. But the the first seven, I can consider its own album. I can kick that on. It was pretty neat. A lot of cool audio stunts they're doing in there. Um, I don't think you're going to hear those in any other genre of music. 
Uh, it did make me think of day 666 of World War Three, where we're fighting fucking AI super soldiers and your buddies, some sort of mutant freak all hopped up on Red Bull and Taki dust. And you're just shooting like laser chainsaws at people and acids blowing up. It was fucking intense. I had a really bad day at work. And then I came home and listened to that shit. And I was just one man mosh pitting it on the fucking porch, just losing my goddamn shit. If the neighbors saw, they probably thought there was a giant bee out there attacking me because I had my fucking headphones and just it it was it, it it was impressive. A lot of neat shit going on. And I was happy I fucking checked it out. And in that mood, uh, it's it's not a casual listen, people. If you if you're going to Bed Bath and Beyond to get a new fucking candle, this ain't the shit. You know what I mean? You want some good headphones or a good car stereo. Not your clock radio speakers. This is this is a it's an event for your ears. You know, it's ear candy. Even if you don't like this shit, listen to the first song, and you know, just so you got something to fucking talk about. Like Jesus Christ, Lorna Shore. If I do you like metal, and you're like, I like Lorna Shore. I'm like fucking serious business. Okay, that's this, this conversation's changed a little bit. It ain't for pussies. I really enjoyed the final three tracks. Pain remains. I think it tells a very good story there. Lyrically, you probably are not going to catch what he's talking about at first, but if you look deeper into it and really listen, it's uh, it's a pretty heavy, heavy song, not just musically, but lyrically. Uh, I consider it one song, all three together. It's about 20 minutes long, those three, so it could be its own EP on its own. Jason, what do you think about this album? Man, I just second what Bobby said. Like I, I was kind of smiling when you were talking about it. I was probably on my way to work when you were on your way home. And, you know, I'm getting cut off in traffic and everything. I'm just grinning from ear to ear listening to this stuff, man. And it's funny because it's it's so chaotic and brutal. But there's something that's like calming and beautiful about it. Like it's it's awesome. Um, one thing I wanted to note, though, I think the band's kind of outgrown the deathcore tag. I listened to that album. I really didn't get deathcore. I got like black and death metal. That's what I got out of it. Yes. No coreness in there at all. No. These are the kings of the genre that they're creating right now. Mm. They're about to embark on a nearly sold-out tour. Uh, Aborted is supporting them. Okay. There's only a few dates left that even have tickets available. Um, so they've not only outgrown the genre, but probably outgrown the places they're playing in right now. That um, says something that it's a near sold-out tour from an album that just dropped with a new singer. Yeah, because yeah. with this singer, they've only released the EP before this. Uh, I read something that they, on the article on that fella, and he was saying that the the last recording, he kind of didn't really know what where he was going to go, what how to what's going to land, what's going to work, and he was kind of you know held back. And on this album, the guys were just like, "Dude, just do what feels comfortable," and that's how he came up with the concept album, with this lucid dream thing. And I was reading that, and I was like, "I'm not going to listen to your lyrics, but you're presenting something where I'm going to feel something." I was cool, and I felt like I was on a fucking futuristic battlefield massacre, and that was cool. That's a cool thing to imagine you're in. You know what I'm saying? It's not your usual. Oh, the world's against me, and no one understands, and you're fucking angsty bolt. Now let's fucking sing about some weird shit. You know, that was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Do not sleep on this band. Do not sleep on this album. Lorna Shores, Pain Remains. It's uh, 10 songs, an hour, and one minute. It's time for the top six. This week, we're going to be talking about the top six cover songs. So I went into this thinking that it was going to be super easy because there's so many good cover songs out there. And what I found out was that this ended up being a super challenging list to come up with because there's so many cover songs out there. A lot to choose from and trying to narrow down, you know, a hundred songs into a list of six, not the easiest thing to do. That said, after a lot of inner turmoil, I arrived with six and here I am. So I'm going to kick off this countdown this week. My number six best cover song comes to you from Burn the Priest. Um, Burn the Priest, for people that don't know, is Lamb of God's original name. They decided to use this moniker to put out their 2018 cover album um, called Legion XX. Um, so Burn the Priest, they covered the Bad Brains song, I Against I, um, from Bad Brains' 1986 album. This song was a lot of fun. Um, 
it was especially fun because anybody that knows about Lamb of God knows that this is Randy Bly's personal favorite band. And you can kind of hear just the amount of like care and respect that went into them recording this cover. Um, just, just a lot of fun. Um, they did put their own spin on it, but I wouldn't say a Lamb of God spin. They put the Burn the Priest spin on it, you know, because them them recording this under the Burn the Priest name versus Lamb of God kind of gave them a little bit more creative freedom. They weren't being judged by, oh, this is a Lamb of God album. They were just able to have fun. And they put a bunch of deep cuts and hardcore and punk songs on here. Uh, the album itself is a lot of fun. So if you haven't checked it out, you definitely should. Uh, but that said, you know, Eye Against Eye, really important song, especially for the time. Um, but the lyrics, I think if you check it out, it's still really relevant to what's going on today. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of fun to hear this song. Definitely check it out. So my number six is burn the priest with eye against eye, their cover of bad brains. Much like Jason, I had a really tough time with this list. I had probably 300 songs that I narrowed down to 40 something and, Eventually got it down to six. Took a long time, but uh, here we are. Number six on my list is Guns N' Roses, Sympathy for the Devil. Originally released by the Rolling Stones on their 1968 album, Beggar's Banquet. This version was first released on the 1994 uh, closing credits to the movie Interview with the Vampire, which is where I first heard the song. It's one of my favorite vampire movies of all time. Uh, the song's released several other times since then by Guns N' Roses. Uh, they didn't really step far outside of the box with this song, but they really didn't need to. The original is a great song. It's very well written, but this is the first version of the song I heard was the cover from Guns N' Roses. So this is my version of the song. Uh, Live and Let Die is another great cover by Guns N' Roses, but Sympathy for the Devil is my number six. I also agree. This was a really fun fucking topic we had this week. Uh, honestly, can't say that these are my top six favorite because I tr tried to choose things that's worth talking about and a little something different. Um, I don't know how you can have a list without having 10 masked men on there. This is a British death metal cover band. It's what they do. Known for doing pop hits. In no way is this version of this song better than the original. If you're going to go up against the Brothers Gibb, you got to bring your heat. But this is a real fucking fun version of the Bee Gees staying alive. Now, if you go to the YouTubes, they do have a video where they linked it up with the actual Bee Gees fucking video. And it is comedy gold. It is the Bee Gees, but death metal. And it's fucking awesome. Ten Masked Men staying alive by the Bee Gees. That's my number six pick. All right, moving into my number five. Uh, so my number five pick is A Perfect Circle with their cover of Imagine. Uh, it's from their 2004 album Emotive. I'm sure most people know, but the song was originally written and recorded by John Lennon in 1971. One of the reasons I like this song so much, when I look at a cover song, I really like for somebody to put their own spin on it, kind of make it their own. Uh, this definitely happened with this song. Um, made a lot of sense to put the song on this particular album. The The album Emotive is an album that's full of covers, um, and they're all war-related, anti-war songs. So um, this song fit perfectly there, and you know Maynard kind of does his own thing on this song. So... He delivers the verse and the chorus with a different cadence than what Lennon did. And it kind of makes it sound different to the point where when I first got this album, I listened to the song. I was a minute or so in before I actually realized I was listening to John Lennon's Imagine. So I thought that was really cool. It's one of the things I really look for in a cover song. Um, I don't necessarily want you to give me the same thing that the original artist has already done. So um, another thing that really stands out about this song um when you hear the original linen version you know it's obviously it's a message of peace love and hope when you hear the perfect circle version it's got a lot more of like a somber tone to it and it's it's kind of eerie to the point where it sounds it sounds like 
you know, it's already too late. These are the things we should have done, but now you've already fucked it up and it's too late to go back. And it's interesting because it gives you a whole different feel despite the fact that the lyrics are exactly the same. Nothing's changed. It's just the delivery. It's the tone and the atmosphere of the song just makes you feel differently than the original does. So my number five pick, Perfect Circle with their cover of Imagine. There's a lot of covers on that album that are good, but I agree with you. Imagine is the best one on that album. All right, my number five is Nickelback's. What the fuck? <laughs> the Devil Went Down to Georgia. You can laugh now, but I really... I enjoy this cover. So this is originally released by uh, Charlie Daniels Band. I'm sure most of you know, or maybe you don't. Uh, it's on their 1979 album, Millionaire Mile Reflection. Uh, this version was just a single released in 2020. It was a collaboration with guitarist Dave Martone, whose electric guitar replaces the familiar fiddle and gives the song a more aggressive sound without losing the energy and the storytelling of the original song. Uh, the song's also been covered by Korn, who I think did a fantastic job on it, and Adrenaline Mob among many, many other bands. But I prefer the Nickelback version. You can hate me now. It's the only Nickelback song I like, but it's good. The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Says a lot about Nickelback that the only song you like by them is a cover song. Wow. <laughs> uh, when we decided to do this topic, I immediately knew I was going to pick this song. I do believe this is the better version of the song. People are probably going to disagree, but that's not your choice. So this is my choice. Buzz Oven, who were kind of the, the beginners of doom metal. I like their stuff. They did a cover of Electric Light Orchestra's Don't Bring Me Down, and it is deliciously filthy. This song is heavy as fuck. I know the other, the, the original version's cool, man. It's a you know rock song. It's got the sing-along part, but this version is just so fucking gnarly. And at the time, like, you're, you're inventing doom pretty much, and then this is the song you choose to cover. Such an upbeat, and it's just so fucking harsh. Buzz Oven, Electric Light Orchestras, Don't Bring Me Down. Go check that shit out. You got my answer stuff. I want to hear this shit now. Same. Yellow. Let's hear it. All right, moving on to my number four pick. Uh, my number four pick is from the band Avatar with their cover of Something in the Way from their 2014 album, Hail the Apocalypse. Uh, if you don't already know, the song's originally written by one Kurt Cobain and recorded with Nirvana in 1991 for their album Nevermind. Um, I have mixed feelings. I have a I have an on again, off again relationship with Nirvana. Um, I'm on again right now. I'm really loving them. Um, but Nevermind was never one of the albums I listened to a lot. Uh, that said, something in the way was always the standout song for me. It was always the one that I really was drawn to. Um, so Avatar really put their own spin on the song, which again is super important to me. I don't want to hear somebody mimic Nirvana. They didn't do that. They took the song, they reinvented it. Um, they added some heavy guitar. They added this just feeling of impending doom and just darkness. And it really worked. Um, the singer Johannes sounds like he, he actually took this character from Kurt's song and just brought him to life. You know, you just picture this creepy dude living under a bridge and just making people feel uncomfortable. Um, so just really cool. Um, Right before the three minute mark, he even puts an, a heavy metal scream in there, which is, you know, definitely a little different for that song. Um, and the band just full on shreds and busts out a solo, which, you know, is also not present in the original song. So really cool. Um, I'm surprised that this song is not on soundtracks to horror movies already because it just fits that whole aesthetic perfectly. So my number four pick is Avatar with their cover of Something in the Way. It's a very, very dark version of the song. Almost made my list. But I had to add Nickelback instead. This portion of Two Metal for This is brought to you by Ox 45 Molt Liquor. Perfect with some thick, relations, gown your butt, just cruising around, and it gets the chicks all horned out. 
Ox 45, malt liquor. Tall as only. All right, so my number four is uh, from Bad Wolves, and it is Zombie. I don't think you can really deny the impact this song had when it came out in 2018. Uh, <laughs> uh, it has over 287 million streams on Spotify. Tommy Vex's vocals really shine here. He's got a great range. I remember seeing this band open up for another one of Bobby's favorites, Five Finger Death Punch. And uh, it was not long after the song came out and the entire amphitheater singing this song back. I was fully convinced Bad Wolves was going to be the next big thing in rock and metal. And then Tommy Vex would become Tommy again and leave the band. But you can't deny the impact that Zombie had. And uh, 287 million streams on Spotify. Bad Wolves, Zombie. It's my number four. Four pick. Uh, this is again... I do think this is the better version of this song. Might be controversial. Uh, Entombed are known for doing really cool covers, and they do like some really weird eclectic shit, like Captain Beyond or something. But I found this years ago. And this is a cheat. This is two songs actually, but how it's presented on the album, they do the one song into the other, and so Entombed covered it, so I feel it's applicable. Cheater. This song, uh, it's got some of the heaviest chuggas you would think. And then you're like, how would you top that? And Entombed's like, uh, this is how you do it. Entombed covering SOD's The March of SOD, which then goes into Sergeant D and the Stormtroopers of Death. This song is fucking bonkers heavy on its own, but then Entombed injects it with just fucking, just crazy. It is so ridiculously heavy. It's just meat and taters. There's no solo. Just balls to the wall. Knees and elbows, mosh metal fucking glory. Entombed, SODs, the March of SOD, which goes into Sergeant D, and the Stormtroopers of Death is my number four pick. All right, so moving on to my number three pick. My number three pick is Body Count with their cover of Suicidal Tendencies Institutionalized from their 2014 album Manslaughter. Um, so again, this album or this song came off of Suicidal's album uh, that was released in 1983. Um, I gotta say, it takes a lot of fucking balls to to cover this song. Um, it's a very unique song, you know. And I, I think probably if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know the song. Um, one was a Pepsi. Uh, just one Pepsi. Everybody knows that. Whole lot of spoken word in this song. Um, and it kind of comes from sort of a personal place. So I've heard covers where people try to do it, you know, word for word, and it just doesn't work. So Body Count decided to do their own take on it, and they did the 2014 version of it. Um, if you don't know, Body Count is Ice-T's uh, metal band. And, you know, they kept a lot of the same punk rock sentiment, but they modernized the song. And it kind of comes from the point of view of, you know, okay, so let's say this kid from institutionalized, now he's an adult and he's at home and he's dealing with regular shit. And that's kind of where this song picks up and takes off. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> you got Ice-T coming home from work. He's had a stressful fucking day and he just wants to play Xbox. <laughs> and his wife's hounding him and she's harassing him. And all he wants to do is relax because he's had a shitty ass day and he just wants to kill some motherfuckers on Xbox. Um, no mention on if any Pepsis were requested during the recording of this song. Um, but seriously, just super fun song, um, super respectful and, you know, to the original. And I know that Ice-T is a big fan of Suicidal, but man, just what a fun ass cover song. And it's really the only way you could do this song. You just can't, you can't go back and say all those same words that Mike Muir said. Like, those are his words. That's the shit he was going through. That's how he felt. But we can all relate to this shit. And, you know, Ice-T, honestly, he's funny as hell in this, in this song, you know? He's got people that are kind of like coming back at him and they're like, oh, you got problems, man. I think you got anger issues. And it's just really funny. I mean, Ice-T's an actor and he can pull that shit off. So if you haven't heard it, 
absolutely please go listen to Body Count with their cover of Suicidal Tendencies Institutionalized. That's a good pick. Good shit. I'll have to check that one out. Doesn't Doesn't sound like Nickelback, so I might not like it. Number three on my list is Marilyn Manson with Sweet Dreams Are Made of These. Originally released by the British New Wave duo The Arithmics on their 1983 album, also titled Sweet Dreams. This version can be found on Manson's 1995 album, Smells Like Children, is one of the most popular songs he still has to this day. It's much darker than in the original. It's one of the earliest covers I remember hearing. Uh, and it's probably one of the first songs I even recognized being a cover when I heard it. Um, so it really opened the door for my love of covers. Uh, as I said, it's much darker than the original. It's got a very spooky Halloween vibe to it. Uh, it's one of the few Manson songs I still listen to to this day. Um, pretty much wrote off everything else he's done. But Marilyn Manson's Sweet Dreams from 1994 is my number three. Yeah, I just got to say, like, you could, I, I went through a lot of Manson songs while we were coming up with this list. Like, you could almost do a list of Marilyn Manson cover songs because he has some really good ones and there's a ton of them. But yeah, that one's solid for sure. I agree. Sweet Dreams is at the top of the list for me, or number three in this case. Bobby, what you got for number three? Number three is where we're at. So, she was Fu Manchu. Now, this band, Notorious for having killer fucking covers, but they kind of stick to their genre. Like they've done Van Halen. They've done fucking Blue Oyster Cult. They've done fucking Thin Lizzy. You know, kind of applicable to their style. They've done a cool Devo cover, but I chose this cover. Fucking country song out of nowhere. And their version is gnarly as fuck, man. Chevy Van. By motherfucking Sammy Johns. Now, I'm not a big fan of country. But I know this song, and when I heard fucking Fu Manchu, I was like, did, did you guys write this song? It sounds way fucking cooler. I like this version better. Chevy Van, Sammy Johns, performed by Fu Manchu. Like, that is just a gnarly... It's All their songs about hot rods and skating and shit, and then they, they go through all these genres. You find the country song about fucking in the goddamn van. That's awesome. Fucking Fu Manchu, Chevy Van. Check it out. That's my number three. All right, moving on to my number two pick. This actually feels fitting uh, following the Chevy Van song. So my number two pick actually comes from Deftones with their cover of Simple Man. Uh, It's from their 2005 B-Sides and Rarities album. Uh, The song most people know is probably, I hope you all know, was recorded by Leonard Skinner, 1973. Sort of a Southern rock anthem. Been covered by tons of people over the years. Most people probably know the Shine Down cover. Um, sounds great. Sounds exactly like the original, which is not what I'm looking for when I'm seeking out a cover song. So, um, Deftones, when they do a cover, they do it the way I want them to do it. They do it their way. They make it their own and they give me something different. And that's what they did with this one. Instead of trying to mimic the, you know, Skinner's guitar tone, they treated it like it was just any other Deftones tune. Uh, not to say that Steph Carpenter doesn't still nail the guitar solo because he fucking nails it. And it's it's sick, man. Um, the best part, though, uh, you know, there's there's a certain style of vocals that are associated with Leonard Skinner, and they don't sound anything like the Deftones. But Chino attacked this song like a like a Deftones song. He sang it his way. It didn't have those southern vocals. And I think that it it kind of makes the song sound a little different and makes it to where it's a little bit more accessible to a different audience. I mean, I grew up in the South. I know the song. I grew up with it. It never was a song that I really would seek out or listen to. I heard it at all the weddings I went to. Um, you know, always had the uh, son dancing with his mom to the song, but the song never did anything for me personally. But Deftones, one of my favorite bands, they recorded it, they put their own spin on it, and it's fucking great. So if you haven't heard it, um, my number two pick is Deftones with their cover of Simple Man. 
if you haven't checked out that B-Sides and Rarities album from them, there's a lot of good cover songs on there. So check that out. My number two is White Zombies, Children of the Grave. It's originally released by Black Sabbath on the 1971 album Master of Reality. The White Zombie version was released on the 1994 tribute album called The Nativity in Black. This album also included covers from Biohazard, Megadeth, and Sepultura, but the zombie version of Children of the Grave is one of my all-time favorite covers. Uh, it just adds a bigger sound. There's more punch to it than the Sabbath version. I also really like the addition of the Manson family murder clips that he puts in there. Uh, I do still enjoy the Black Sabbath version, but this is a case where I actually think the cover is probably better than the original. Just barely. When it is, it is. It is definitely better. It's just a little bit more, and it gives you everything you want. White Zombies, Children of the Grave is my number two. All right, my number two pick. This is one of my favorite songs of all fucking time. So I can't say that this version is better, but it is a fucking really cool version of this song. The band playing it is Karma to Burn. Now, when they first came out, they had a frontman singer, but they got rid of him and they just trudged on as an instrumental band. So it was weird that they got a singer for this song, and it's a female singer. And she sings in fucking Italian. So this would be Karma to Burn featuring Stephanie Savi, or Sabi, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. And the song would be Usindendo Un Sogno. I'm not sure if I said that right. I don't speak Italian. But it is Tom Petty's Running Down a Dream. This song is fucking, like I said, one of my favorites. And it is a sludgy, heavy version of it. A chick singing in Italian. And it's fucking badass. Now, this is one of my favorite solos in the song. It goes on kind of longer than it normally does, but it has a lot of character. This dude does his own version of the solo, but he still touches on those specific characteristics of that solo that make you're like, oh, like there's that part. And then he's doing his own thing. Oh, he's hitting that part. This song is fucking really cool. I can't say it's, but it's one of my favorite songs. There's no way you did better than old Tom, but it is fucking awesome. It's that southern sludginess, stoner rock vibe. This chick's fucking belting it out. It is really fucking cool. Karma to Burn doing Running Down a Dream by Tom Petty. I'm very intrigued by that. You said all of her vocals are in Italian? Yeah. Uh, she's an Italian singer. Let me get the name again. Stephanie Savi or S-A-V-Y. I don't know how you say it in Italian. Usindendo un sogno is the Italian version of Running Down a Dream. It's fucking badass. It's badass. Check yeah, it out. I'll 100% be checking that out. All right. uh, that's one of the best rock songs ever written. You don't get much better than time. I mean, that was the first concert I went to, which was, that was the hit song off that tour. I got the tour shirt. It was my birthday. Like, to this day, when I go to a show, I get a fucking shirt. and do the thing. That's just the whole ritual. Tom motherfucking goddamn pity. Super jealous that you got to see him live. You should be. I'm pretty I jealous. grew up on it, man. That's the shit, man. Yeah, I never got Every a chance to see. Every family gathering, we listen to Tom Petty. OTP, man. He's cool as fuck. fail. He's a local, too. There's a bunch cool. of, there's Jarvis home videos floating around, and you will hear fucking damn the torpedoes playing in the Hell background. yeah, man. That's yeah. killer. All right. So we're getting into the number one pick. Seems like it got here really fast, but here we are. Uh, so even though I struggled quite a bit coming up with this six list, I knew what my number one pick was from the moment that we said we were going to do this list. This to me is, it's my all time favorite cover song. It's coming in at my number one pick is social distortion with ring of fire. All right. From their self titled nice. 1990 album. Um, I'm sure everyone's familiar with the song. It was actually written by June Carter, um, and it was recorded by the man in black himself, Johnny Cash, back in 1963. Uh, the song was written about their kind of relationship and basically how being around Johnny Cash at the time was like being caught up in a ring of fire. Um, 
powerful song on its own. I mean, the song the song is is great, but Social D took the song, and the song kind of already had like a punk rock attitude, and I feel like they played it the way it was always intended to be played. Um, I kind of see the song as almost like a a passing of the torch from you know one man in black to the next. I always felt like Mike Ness was kind of like our Johnny Cash. You know, they share a lot of the same characteristics, a lot of the same mentality. You know, Johnny Cash kind of kind of had that vibe before, you know, before it was cool. Um, you know, obviously the the thing that's glaringly different about the cover is there's no mariachi horns. Um, I don't really miss them. It was never my favorite part of the song to begin with. Um, but instead we get Mike Ness with his signature rockabilly guitar. Um, you forget about those mariachi horns pretty damn quick. Uh, this is one of those songs that I think they did such a good job on the song that it's really become more of a social distortion song than it ever was a cash song, at least to me. Um, if you ask me, about Ring of Fire, I'm putting on Social Distortion. No disrespect to the man in black. I love him. I respect him. But Social Distortion kind of took this song and they literally made it their own. It's played at every show that you'll ever see. That's my number one, Social Distortion with their cover of Ring of Fire. All right. Before I get into my number one pick, there are two bands that have done a ton of covers over the years that I have not mentioned on this list, and I'm not going to put them at number one. So I just want to give them a quick shout out. From Ashes to New did three EPs in 2020 called The Quarantine Chronicles, which are great. Give them a listen. And Children of Bodom compiled 17 of their covers on a best of titled Skeletons in the Closet. I think both are good to check out. There's a lot of very good covers on both of those albums from Ashes to New, Quarantine Chronicles, and Children of Bodom's Skeletons in the Closet. But my number one, there was no doubt in my mind when we started this list what I was putting here. And uh, it is Machine Head's Hallowed Be Thy Name. Machine has done numerous covers over the years, including great covers of Judas Priest, The Sentinel, and Rush's Witch Hunt, but this one stands out as my absolute favorite cover of all time. It was originally released by Iron Maiden in 1982 on the Number of the Beast album. Uh, this version was a bonus track on 2007's masterpiece, The Blackening. Uh, it takes the original mood and just turns it up to 11. That's the only way I can describe it. Um, I, I would compare it to like listening to something acoustic and then you plug in the amps because the original version was kind of hollow, no pun intended. And then this just, just ups everything and creates, continues to create the emotion of the original. Uh, this is one of those times when I will say it's definitely better than the original as well. Big statement there. Big statement. Uh, I disagree with that. It's better, but it is an amazing fucking cover. Uh, when you hear uh, Machine Head's going to cover Iron Maiden, you're like, that's going to fucking suck. And then you hear it and you're like, wow, they brought their fucking heat. You don't just cover Iron Maiden. You don't You don't just do yeah, that. It's dumb. And uh, Machine Head, they fucking delivered. I wouldn't say it's better, but it's fucking, it's, up, it's damn fucking goddamn good fucking version. That's a great pick. Machine Head. Machine Heads, hallowed be thy name. Okay. Seven minutes, 27 seconds. You won't regret any moment of it. It is an absolutely great song. Uh, it's also been covered by Dream Theater, Cradle of Filth, and Iced Earth. Mm. Uh, but Machine Heads is my favorite of all time. Mm, what you got for number one, Bobby? All right. The Closer. So this is not actually a band. It's a group of mus musicians brought together for this particular cover it was a, for a tribute album um they're labeled under the name of psycho alumni it's a psycho wax is the people producing the album so uh check out this lineup we got phil Ronsomo on vocals i don't know if you ever heard of him some band called pantera never heard of her dwid hellion from integrity doing vocals nick oliveri doing double duty vocals and bass you got chuck garrett on bass the Jewett brothers from mothership doing bass and guitar 
Gary Holt from Ex- Exodus and Slayer doing guitar, Zach Wheeler and uh, Tom Polzine or Polzini. Not sure what the, how do you say that, but they're doing the brunt of the work on guitar and drums. I've, I chose this song because uh, all these different musicians, like you got legends and you got new guys coming together to play this song, which has been hailed. It's a, it's a, a fucking icon, classic song, and it's always been toted as it brought together the skaters and the punk rockers and the dirt rockers and the metalheads and all these musicians came together to do that. And I feel that it represents what we're trying to do with this show. You might disagree with what I say. I might disagree with what you say, but we're all partying. We're trying to have a good time. Fuck Nickelback. Fuck Nickelback, especially. Fuck Nickelback. So for my number one pick, Psycho Alumni doing the classic Motorhead's Ace of Spades. They do have a video up. It's pretty much as everybody just hanging out jamming in your typical metalhead video, but you can put a face to a name and a voice and whatever. And everybody's just having a good old time. Is it better than the original? Not as dumb, but it brought people together. The song brought people together. Let's all just fucking hang out and listen to heavy fucking music. And that's, that's what I'm trying to spread here. So that is psycho alumni. The album is love me forever. A tribute to motorhead. There's a bunch of other cool covers on there. High on fire, some other death metal stuff. Uh, Check it out for sure. Ace of Spades, Motorhead. All right, everyone. That is our show for this week. Hopefully you enjoyed listening. Remember to give us a like and a follow on Facebook and Instagram at 2Metal for this. And leave us some comments. Let us know how we're doing. And remember to drop your own six list in the comments section. And we'll give you a shout out on the next episode. Make sure you tune into the next episode. We will be talking about the best music videos of all time from the rock and metal genres. And until next time, keep it metal and rage with respect. Sweet dreams are made of these. It was originally released by the British new wave duo, the Arithmetics. The Arithmetics. I can't say this fucking word. (laughs) Arithmetics. The Arithmetics. Arithmetics. I am fucking screwed on this one. The arithmics. The arithmics. Isn't that good? The arithmics. There you go. All right, number three on my. <laughs> <laughs>